My unintentionally hilarious thing was in the last episode when he's coming in and out of consciousness and his wife's calling to him and just they pan in like they do a headshot and his eyes are rolling in the back of his head. And he just looks like Mr. Bean to me in that moment. And it really took me out of the that was a good impression. It took me out of the show for a second there, though. Yeah. Yeah. There were more than a few things but uh, that took me out of the show. But that is, uh, <laughs> I wish I picked up on that. I got to go back and just watch that. <laughs> uh, Do you know what uncancelled means? Have you ever thought about what happened to those TV shows that were advertised every single week until their plug was ultimately pulled? Well, we have. Welcome to the show that's bringing Bet TV back from the grave. We review pilot and finale episodes of television series that disappeared as quickly as they debuted. Maybe we will like the show enough to want to bring life back into its corpse, or maybe it's better left dead. Will we leave it in the trash, or will we give it a second pass? Either way, this is uncancelled giving trash tv the chance it never deserved now they're all gone canceled on and on but they're never gonna be uncancelled in this episode of uncancelled dreams fantasies and delusions are better than reality or maybe not i don't know anyways Today's episode, we're covering Awake, the 2012 series starring Jason Isaacs and other people that we will talk about also. Joining me is Heather. Heather, what's your podcast? What do you want to plug? What are you all about? Well, my podcast is called Watching Netflix Without You. We deliver unpretentious, unscripted discussions of Netflix original films, specifically No Virtue Signaling. We don't do that there. And uh, that's that's it. That's my podcast. You can visit my website, WNWYpodcast.com for a list of players, because I just made that sound like the best podcast in the world right there. So obviously everyone (laughs) wants to flock to it. We all want to flock. It's a fun series about you. It inspires you to watch more Netflix movies instead of just always scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then half an hour goes by and you're still scrolling. And this is like, hey, uh, we're watching all these movies so you don't have to. And tune in and avoid the last half if you want to see the movie. But... Listen to the first half of your spoiler-free. That's right. Yeah. Episodes. We so do. We do it in two halves. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. do uh, spoiler-free in the first half, spoiler-full in the second half, and you know we like to get into we do a deep dive on the maturity rating, letting you know every last detail, just in case you're finicky about that. And we're you know it's just you're uh, finicky about fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people are like, uh, you know, they don't want to watch if there's a lot of sexual gratuity or they don't want to watch if there's a lot of gory blood lagging, you know, so they so we we specify we don't just say language. We say, hey, not only is there profanity in this, there is blasphemy. 
crude words and sexual jokes. Like we really let them people know demonization and um, crimes against God. Probably not. Probably not that far. Isn't every Netflix movie a crime against God anyway? I mean, I don't know. It is kind of. They are like a (laughs) they're like a a bigger budget. uh, I don't even know about bigger budget. Like the sci-fi channel who make. Well, there's some good stuff on Netflix. Yeah. There's also some tame stuff. Hallmark type stuff. Plenty of that on there, too. So plenty of. Yeah. Plenty of mom stuff, which I'm sure you (laughs) enjoy. It Well, I found out over Christmas, because, you know, I did the 12 days, that yes. I have a tolerance level. There is such a thing as too much Hallmark, too much Hallmark. for me. Too much Lifetime Hallmark, sappy romance, a uh, big hunky rancher comes into town and saves the or damsel in distress. I don't whatever happens. No, there, that's about right. That's that's a Hallmark movie. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen enough to know. Um <laughs> check out watching Netflix without you, the podcast where you can get a vibe for any Netflix uh series that well not series, but We're not movies. series. We just do the films, yeah. Just the movies. We've covered a couple of Netflix series during this podcasts so they can intertwine so if you hear about two netflix series during this podcast series and you're on netflix you should also subscribe to watching netflix without you which will then tell you about the movies (laughs) so then you can come across (laughs) those movies while listening while watching the tv shows that was a mouthful oh my gosh i was gonna say no, like some people really don't like the, uh, yeah, the maturity type stuff. Yeah. I know, uh, I had Suron from my movie mix, mm-hmm. and he's a very religious man. And his biggest complaint about, uh, the series was that there was too much nudity, or that yeah. there was any nudity at all. I was the complete opposite, where I was very happy about that. <laughs> Awake! That does not have. That is a prime time show. Didn't have any newity. Newity doesn't have any newity now because it's from 2012, and didn't have any nudity then because it was on prime time television. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> the whole show. After a car accident takes the life of a family member, a police detective lives two alternating parallel lives. One with his wife and one with his son. And one of his, is one of his realities merely a dream? Or are they all? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I had that question too by the end of this. It absolutely, first of all, I was scared after the first episode. Because I was questioning my own reality. <laughs> I was like, what is real? Is this real? Am I watching it? What? Like, ugh. gosh, I was like, maybe if I watch the entire, thank goodness that I didn't. Because if I did watch the entire thing, I might have ended up in a straitjacket. Gosh. It was like, wow. This it's, man uh, is so many realities. Yeah. And it, was 
I'll be honest, I was kind of sad, peeved. I don't know. I was annoyed at myself for agreeing to do this with you after I watched the first episode because like, I actually don't want to just skip to the last episode right now. I would really like to go on to the second episode and follow (laughs) this story sequentially. So great. I'm going to hop to the end and not know what's in between. And I was I was annoyed because it was so I really, really liked it. It was very good. Yeah, it was really good. Your perception is your reality. So you know what? Maybe the last episode wasn't the last episode. If you take it out of your mind and you tell Mm -hmm. yourself that uh, this didn't actually happen, then you can go and watch the whole thing. Like nothing ever happened because that is awake. All I have to do is wait a year or two or like a month or two and I will have forgotten it all and I just go back and watch it. Doesn't take me long. Doesn't take for them to go out of my mind. Yeah. Well, the amount that I've watched, this is uh, like number, I don't know what number this is, number 25 or something like that, that I've now seen. So everything blends together and I'll be good by tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Much shorter than you. You take a month. I will take a day and I will go and watch the rest because I don't remember if I want to haven't got that far yet. Uh, this show, as I said, Jason Isaacs, who does a really fantastic job, kind of a bit of like a crazy tripping out delusional Liam Neeson type mm-hmm. action character. You can tell it's almost like because when you skip from the first to the last episode, you get the idea he's it's he's been increasingly more and more sort of chaotic and confused. And he's maybe going a little more crazy as each episode goes by, because at the end, he's like full blown out of reality, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you as the viewer, you have no idea what is reality and isn't. I was having a hard time with that in the last episode. It completely blurred the lines. There was very few inklings of what was ultimately reality. And I don't know if that means that reality is whatever you want it to be. I don't know if that's the message or what exactly it was conveying, but this man had a lot of alternate realities. Yeah. And double light. I was questioning if he was in reality at all. Yeah, that was a question I I had too. Uh, And I I really liked the back and forth with with the two different therapists that he would see because he Go to, uh, I don't know if I wrote their names down, Dr. Lee. So he talked to Dr. Lee and Dr. Lee would point out, pointed out all the logical reasons why he, the Dr. Lee reality was the reality. And then he goes over and he's with the other therapist, uh, the female therapist. Yes. And then I was like team female therapist because she said, here, printed out this document, hands it to him, says, read that. He starts reading the Constitution. He's reading, he reads like a paragraph of the Constitution. He's like, what am I, why am I reading this? What am I doing? She's like, do you have the Constitution memorized by heart? And he goes, no. 
She goes, okay, so if this is a dream, how did you just read that back to me perfectly? And I was like, oh, he's it. That's the real reality. And every they just went back and forth because I was kind of figuring probably one of them was the real reality or he was in a he was going back and forth between two different dimensions. See, that was a possibility as well. Or neither reality was correct. And what I was honestly expecting at the end of the last episode was that he was going to we were going to pan out and he was going to be like in a straitjacket in a men- mental yes. institution. Yes. Yes. Like a, like the ending of that movie identity where yeah. is, spoiler alert. It's crazy guy. John Cusack, right? Is that yeah, a John, John Cusack, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ray Liotta, uh, Amanda Peets and a bunch of other people. It's by the guy James with the wonky Mangold. eyes. Yes. By James Mangold, who has done uh, Copland and Ford versus Ferrari, mm-hmm. uh, Logan, the Wolverine movies, all sorts of big budget things now. But uh, there was an earlier film he did. Yeah, I, I, I got that vibe for sure. And there was also, uh, there's, I don't know, there was, <laughs> there was so much happening. Jason Isaacs did a great job. Yeah. You got a little bit into the first episode and the last episode, which we're trying to hold off on, but it's kind of hard. I thought it was well cast. I I did too. I thought it was very well cast. I thought the acting was great. The overall production value was really incredible with this show. And I Googled as I was watching through the first couple of scenes because I thought, was this like on HBO or something like that? And it was an NBC, just primetime NBC. And it's what I love is it's not formulaic. A lot of those primetime shows, especially the crime shows, tend to be incredibly formulaic. Yes. And and I've gotten tired of every single one of them eventually and and stopped watching it because of that. Procedural dramas. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, at least based on watching only the first and last episode would seem, A, it's a continuing story from episode to episode. So it's not formulaic in that way. And it kind of reminds you more of something that Netflix or HBO might produce than NBC. So that was really kind of making my day while watching it. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, it reminded me a little bit of the event which was another series on this list and it had the same lady she plays the police chief in this i don't think she's a good actress at all i don't know her name uh, she has a like a really plasticine face she has what the heck's her well, name well she's a little bit older and they pile all that makeup on there sometimes it doesn't yeah i think she's had work done she doesn't look i mean they all have that's hollywood hollywood's like being in movies smoking pot and getting work done yeah it very much is california innes laura innes laura innes laura innes i'm gonna go with innes yeah i mean she's 64 yeah 64 so she was this is 10 years ago. She's 54. 54. And she got uh, maybe a bit too much Botox. Yeah. I don't like her. I don't like her face, but that's a bit mean. 
but mm-hmm. also she did it to herself. But I just don't like her as an actress. I don't. I, don't I had find no problems with her at all in this, but I I understand. Not everybody. She bugs me. Uh, she bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> Quick pause for station identification. Ten percent of nothingness. Let me do the math here. Nothing, and then nothing. Not satisfied? Head on over to Uncancelled on Patreon. For prices as low as $2.99 a month, you'll get early access to each and every episode this season. As well as outtakes and bonus content. That's patreon.com slash Wait a minute. Throw some hers and ours in there. What's your hurry? And now back to your regularly scheduled program. You know who was uh, in this that I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see was uh, Wilmer... Uh, Valderrama. Valderrama yes. from that 70s show. Fez, yes. Fez, yeah. Yeah. It was so weird to see name. him in something where he wasn't Fez. Yeah, but he still had the accent, and it was a little distracting. <laughs> does he not have an accent in real life? He does, yeah. Okay. But, uh, you know, just he tries to downplay it mm-hmm. versus where in, in that 70s show he's upplaying it. But then because he was upplaying it so much, you just you still hear that in his voice and his yeah. vocal intonation. And so a couple of times I was chuckling just based off what he said. He's just thinking about Fez and it was silly. Anyways. Uh, well, speaking of which, by the way, a scene that was unintentionally funny to me was in the last episode where he's like coming in and out of unconsciousness and his wife is there. And the way his eyes are rolling in the back of his head, I was reminded hardcore of Mr. Bean. I was like, I don't think they were going for a Mr. Bean vibe with this scene, <laughs> but it did it threw me out a little bit. Yeah, probably not. Um, the first episode. Dun, dun, dun. First episode. It's called Pilot. Wow. Shocking. Mm. Um. There's been a couple series that have not been called pilot and we need a reason why, because that's the standard. You need to call the first episode pilot because it's a pilot. Mm-hmm. I used to actually think that um, before I understood that a, a pilot just meant a TV pilot, it's the first episode of a TV show. You don't know whether it's going to happen or not. So you just call it pilot. I thought, that it was actually called pilot the tv show episode <laughs> and i thought cuz i think it was lost and there's a plane in, in, in the first okay. series the first episode so i was like oh it's called pilot it's about the pilot <laughs> the character was the, the pilot, pilot heavily heavily featured in the first episode of lost do you remember uh Yes, I believe he was. No, I think he eyes. I think he dies. He's played by Jeff Fahey. Mm-hmm. And I believe he dies. Jeff Fahey also died. R.I.P. in real life. Oh. But okay. It was a very 
engaging first five minutes. So it made sense to me why they called it pilot, not knowing that that's what they call every single first episode of a TV show. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? It was only 11. All right. It's not an excuse. I it's forgivable. No, it's that. forgivable. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, you know what? If it makes you feel any better until I was about 12, I thought that a manicure meant getting your hair done. A manicure so. meant getting your hair done. <laughs> I'm trying to picture why that would. I know. I'll tell yeah. you exactly why. I watched a play that was put on like middle school production and my one friend was playing Medusa and my other friends were looking at her in the mirror so they wouldn't turn to stone and she had this wild wacky snake filled hair and one of them said something in the the rejoinder the comeback the funny joke punchline was i don't know but she sure needs a manicure and so in my <laughs> like eight-year-old brain i was like oh yeah she, her hair needs to be done because it's awful <laughs> that's what happened gotta manicure those snakes yeah <laughs> i'll clip them out of there yeah uh this series actually had everyone's nails very nice no one needed a manicure in a wake they did maybe perhaps uh need a lobotomy though uh or the plot summary <laughs> for ep episode one when detective michael Britton regains consciousness following his family's car accident he is told that his wife hannah perished but that his teen son rex has survived as he tries to put the pieces of his life back together, he awakens again in a world in which his wife is very much alive, but his son Rex died in the accident. In order to keep both of his loved ones alive, he begins living two dueling realities. Trying to regain some normalcy, Michael turns to his work solving crimes in both worlds with the help of two different partners, Detective Isaiah Bird Freeman and Detective Ephraim Vega. He begins to solve impossible cases by using his dueling realities to gain unique perspectives and link clues that cross over from world to world. Helping Michael to navigate his new existence are his bureau assigned therapist, Dr. Evans and Dr. Lee. Right, so touched on that a little bit, but yeah. Okay, dueling realities with dueling partners and dueling therapists and <laughs> dueling family members and uh, even not even sure if maybe there was a thing, but a potential romance between him and the son's tennis coach. Right. That and she wasn't like even in anywhere in the last episode. No, she was not. So something, no. she went out of the picture somewhere along the line there. If she even exists. It's a good point. No idea. If anyone exists besides, I'm pretty sure Jason Isaacs ex exists, but we don't know if anyone else. Well. Well, we have to imagine that some of these people exist. We just don't know which one is in reality and which one is made up by Jason Isaacs character. Right. So yeah, who is gone? Um, I thought, I thought both were gone. To be honest, I thought he was alone. Like I figured both okay, his son that's... and wife are gone. Is that what you got? 
I wasn't sure what to think. I I wasn't sure. I, I was going through a few different possibilities. Like I think I mentioned the two different dimensions or a, maybe a sliding door thing where it's the reality splits or he's right. inventing one reality when the other one exists, but we don't know which one is real. I think I was more leaning toward that last one where one of the realities was real, but the other one wasn't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But which one? <laughs> we it's hard don't to tell. No, hard to tell. Well, I mean, neither one, I guess. But if you jump Some... to the last episode, neither reality was yeah, accurate. Yeah, neither reality was accurate. Yeah, that's getting ahead of things. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is uh, no, it's fine. Uh, this is absolutely yeah bonkers. We, I was questioning. Because there was a brief moment, if you remember, that you touched on it, that she convinces him of the Constitution and Mm -hmm. whatever that went. Um, And so he wakes up at home. Nobody's home. He wakes up alone in the bed. And I was like, oh, this is it. He's finding out there's nobody. He's alone. They're both gone. Uh, what's going to happen? How's he going to deal with it? Um, is he going to have a full blown, blown breakdown? What's going to happen? Anyways, he ends up cutting his hand and his wife shows up, but not the son. I suppose could have gone either way. I don't know who I, I guess he was thinking about his wife more and that's why she showed up or, or his wife is actually gone. And that's why she showed up because the son was physically not home. So, okay, maybe I see. I didn't even go there. I kind of went because when he went back to the bedroom, the rubber band that, because he had those color coded rubber bands, the green one mm-hmm. for the wife and the red one for the son, or vice versa. I can't remember. And the rubber bands on the bed, and that's where he finds it. And I got the idea that she maybe took the rubber band off while he was sleeping or something like that. Oh, yeah, because she's telling him that he needs to let go of the son who's gone. Yeah. So maybe she's taking that rubber band off. There was a lot. We could go on forever about what is the actual real, and maybe we will. (laughs) (laughs) We'll try to carry on through. All righty. Who then is the real, who do you think is the more real therapist? I mean, if I'm just in episode one and I haven't seen the last episode yet, I'm saying the female therapist, I can't remember the character's name, but to me, she's the real therapist. Yeah. But then we get to the last episode and I'm like, well, maybe doc, then I'm more thinking Dr. Lee is the real therapist. Yeah. Tough to know. But based off the first episode, you got the vibe that the female therapist was the reality Mm -hmm. and the only thing that sunk to me as reality was that scene and the scene where he wakes up alone and i think for sure the wife showing up means that she was for sure gone and i also thought about the son but then as i said he could have just physically not been Mm -hmm. but it seemed for sure that the one he was imagining would show up right away. That 
makes sense to me mm-hmm. thinking about it now. But at the time, I totally believe I was like, oh, the wife. Oh, maybe she. Okay, maybe now. Uh, it was so. And then, so we have that. So you're saying that you think the wife is alive as far as the first episode goes? Yeah. Uh, well, look, it got confusing because I would keep forgetting which therapist slash partner slash family member were together in one reality. Yes. So I guess it was Dr. Lee, the son, and I can't remember which partner was his um, in that one. The African-American guy. Okay. So then the other reality is the female therapist, his wife, and Wilmer Valderrama partner. I believe so, yes. Okay. Because jumping to the last episode, the African-American guy, whose name I should look up and stop referencing him like that. Steve Harris. Steve Harris. Okay. Yeah, we'll call him Steve Harris. He plays, okay, he plays Detective Bird. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, Detective Bird, as his partner, who is the one not played by Wilmer Valderrama, Mm -hmm. says to go home and see his son. So. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dr. Lee, I think uh, Wilmer Valderrama's the partner in the son, Dr. Lee reality. Mm. I think so, because in the last episode Mm -hmm. he goes and he abducts Dr. Lee and it's Wilmer Valderrama. Who's trying to talk him down. I think at the point of that, like we said, is where he just blends everything together. Okay. Okay. Uh, See, this is why I wish I watched all the middle episodes. Yeah. It's one series, but. I don't have the time <laughs> having to w- go through 60 episodes of TV. Sure. Enough, sure. Enough for me. <laughs> I will have to go back and see this. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Um, for sure. Yeah. But then there's a brief um, where he sees his son playing tennis and he's talking to the tennis coach and then they're in the diner. And that is, that was just, that confused me more where I was like, is, is this going to then become a thing? Uh, because all three of them are out and the sun seems to be bonding or crushing probably a combination of both on the tennis coach. Mm-hmm. And she kind of shows maybe an interest in. Mike, played by Jason Isaacs. So, so many realities, so many things to sift through. We don't really get any answers in the first episode, which makes you want to see the rest. Yeah. We're making sense of it as best we can. And we can't really (laughs) say too much without jumping into the final episode. Last episode. Turtles all the way down. Michael's realities now involve memoirs and events before the accident and plunge him into an investigation of fellow officers. He uncovers a cocaine operation in the realm of his son. He may catch some of the bad guys and be vindicated, while in the realm of his wife, 
he's seriously wounded and on the lam. With his psychiatrist in a rhetorical duel, things tilt toward the surreal. Vega in a penguin suit, which is Wilmer Valderrama, Wilmer Valderrama, jeez, mm-hmm. gives Michael a vision of what went down. Then Michael's two selves converse, and Doctor Evans stops in mid-sentence. Where is he? So in the final happens. episode, we get introduced to a third therapist who then seems like the ultimate reality, but then she pauses. Um as a door opens it ends up like a the movie click with adam sandler where mm-hmm. reality fucking pauses like he's got a remote control uh which was a bit absurd and there was also uh like a batman detective sequence where he's like reviewing footage in real time mm-hmm. where he sees um the ladies police chief's uh, high heel break in the hotel room. So that was a bit like, I guess the whole thing, the whole last episode just went, it derailed completely because you're expecting him to have two completely separate realities that he's grappling with. And when you watch the first episode, you think that's what's going to carry through, but we get to the last episode and I, Honestly, I was like, I have no idea what is going on. I do not know why he's having all these weird, seemingly psychedelic visions of things. I don't know why he's, like you said, in this scene, watching it like it's in TV, but he's actually in the room. I don't know why anything. I don't know why suddenly his partner from the other reality is in this reality. And it's almost like you go deeper and deeper into his psyche Psyche, and his subconscious and he's like nobody like he's just nuts right and he doesn't even know where he is so you really get that chaotic vibe and understanding of where his mind is at yeah where he essentially then by the end has made it that he's melded all his realities together to make the one that's perfect for him, which is obviously before the accident, the car accident mm-hmm. that killed either both or one of his family members. Which... Well, then I had to wonder, was this entire thing just a dream? That's where exactly. I, that's where I landed at the very end. I was like, okay, I'm just going to tell myself this whole thing was a dream and he woke up from that nightmare and his family was fine. That's where, cause what else am I going to do? Okay. There's not going to be a second season. And I don't know how many questions were left unanswered between episode one and episode 13 that would justify another season. You know what I mean? So I'm just kind of rolling with yay. Happy ending. Great series. Limited series. Awesome. Happy ending. Uh, yeah, I guess that's probably what upset people is that it was a bit of a happy ending when there should have probably been deeper consequences, mm-hmm. uh, crazier things happening to him instead of kind of just smiling and being like, hey, people exist. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess maybe that was the cliffhanger for a potential second season. Um uh, yeah, like 
it blended realities together and I kind of scoffed at that he was like in the third now third therapist's office where he's like well what if I just you know have a dream within a dream so maybe that was his dream within the dream Mm -hmm. that was his inception where he's he just made a dream within a dream of both his family being together or he woke up and they were fine but i don't know i don't it's think it's really that hard would to say case. <laughs> i don't I mean, think that would be the case no because there would have to be some sort of traumatic event that would trigger all this mhm so something happened yeah well he is a homicide detective so here's how i'm going to explain this away he had to investigate a suspicious car accident and incorporated that into his dream. Okay, right. Okay, but we also have Laura Inns, who is... She created this conspiracy. She's involved in some conspiracy, just like in the event... She plays the same character, corrupt conspiracy, mm. something. Um, this this is better than the event. Don't watch the event, please. Avoid okay. the event. <laughs> Jason Ritter, you're terrible. Jason Isaacs, you're the better Jason. You're the superior. Uh, yeah. So she then is involved in the accident that killed his wife. I'm going to go with the narrative that his wife died. Uh-huh. I'm going to stick with that narrative. I I have other things. I just things realized something. Like, yeah. At some point he confront when he confronts her in her office, doesn't he say you killed my family? He says, "Well, remember the scene where he's choking her on the jail floor?" Uh-huh. And he's like, she killed my son. You killed my son. Uh, and then it changes. So I think he does say you killed my family. So I think at that point that his delusion is broken. Ah, but then in the therapist's <laughs> office, does he not, does she not say you need to accept that your, your wife is gone? And also we have uh, Detective Bird who says, go home to your son. Yeah. You know, it's I I don't know how to deconstruct the last episode. I don't know. I just don't know what to think about what this all means. It's it, it's bizarre Wilma and it's Valderrama. wild and it's chaotic. Uh-huh. Wilma Valderrama is for sure made up. I'm okay. Pretty sure. But. The thing that kind of upsets me is that if we're supposed to believe that he's made up, then why are we seeing a scene um, where Jason Isaacs is arrested at his house? And he's he's now at this point, the police have escorted him out of his front door. And Laura Ann's character says to Wilma Valderrana, you did the right thing. He's going to get the help he needs. And mm. they're the only two there. So why are we seeing them interact if one of them doesn't exist or one of them only exists to 
Yeah. Jason Isaacs. So if that was thrown in there, uh, just as some sort of red herring or something that upsets me because that then makes you just be like, well, what the hell? Yeah. This person isn't supposed to exist. So who really exists? And if you're not going to tell us who, then that's kind of a cop out, uh, which is upsetting to me. Well, as you said earlier, it could have been meant to be a rollover or a cliffhanger almost leading into a second season. Maybe they had planned for a second season and then got canceled unexpectedly or something. Probably what happened. It is NBC, so they likely would have ordered uh, multiple seasons and then decided to cancel it. Uh, that's what happens on these network television. Mm. It's what happens. There could be more awake out there. It'd be interesting be. to maybe search if there's a script or an outline for a second season. That would be kind of cool. Us some answers. Because we never see the tennis coach again, as you said. We never mm-hmm. see the, the son really in the... Do we see the sun at all besides at the end of the I final I don't think episode? so. I don't remember him being in the final episode. So, yeah, we don't know if he's... Maybe that's what they're going for. Uh, I think, even though we didn't see all the middle episodes, I still feel like there could have been, as a final episode... That some things should have been wrapped up that weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They could have left it less open-ended. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, I think I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be in a world where the TV show Awake doesn't exist. And then I'm going to wake up the day after and I'll be in a world where it does exist. And I'll go back and forth like that and I'll... You're going to wake up in a world that isn't your own. (laughs) You'll be awake. You're going to have a dream about being in awake and not knowing what reality is. And then you'll wake up and you'll be like, (gasps) (laughs) it is really pleasant when you wake up from a dream that's not going well to suddenly realize, oh, thank God, that was all just a dream. It's a very relieving situation. Better episode overall. Better episode. Ooh. Oh, what, the first one. Yeah, I'd have to agree there. Because it had you questioning everything, and then you kind of wanted answers. Mm-hmm. And then the last episode just raised more questions than answers. Yeah. Which is unfair. It, But also, to be fair, because we didn't watch any of the intermittent episodes. Right. We, we could be very unfairly judging the last episode. So, but... I still think the first episode was a better episode. Yeah, that's a fair point that it could be unfairly judged. But then I also feel that it's not as if we skipped a show that was very successful and had multiple seasons. And we just saw the first one and then immediately skipped to the last episode of the series finale. This got canceled for a reason. Probably because it had us had every single viewer asking the same questions as us, which it didn't give too many answers to. So yeah, 
I kind of feel as though we aren't, we're maybe judging it a bit unfairly, but not overly to the point where it's completely unjust. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it would still have been around. I wonder. I wonder if this cancellation might have come about largely because this was on the wrong network. You know what I mean? Somebody going to NBC is there for formulaic television. That's what all those shows are on network television. You, when you want something that's kind of offbeat like this, kind of not your usual fare and not formulaic, you, you go to the street, you know, the streaming or cable platforms. Yeah. I wonder if this had been on something like stars or HBO or even Netflix or something like that, if it would have done better. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think this did go down some of the formulaic route and tried to make it more, it tried to dumb it down a little bit for the uh, NBC platform, the Mm. primetime television platform. I've got that feeling in the final episode, especially because he's more of like, the first episode is more of what's reality and then the last episode, it does have you questioning that by the end. But in the middle, we have this whole uh, conspiracy, the stupid conspiracy thing that they were doing at that time. Mm-hmm. I think the event was also on NBC and it was another conspiracy series. And they were just doing, but it started out as um, something else and it got dumbed down. And I think these shows, you're right, that they were on the wrong network and they got picked up and they got to play the pilot as they wanted it. And then by the end, they didn't get to have as much creative control. Perhaps. Yeah, it just didn't go the way that it should have gone. But I still felt the last episode was strong. Worst scene. The worst scene for me was he's been shot. It's got like he's lost a bunch of blood. He's doing the classic action hero. I've been shot. I still have a bunch of stamina and adrenaline. And uh, I'm going to kick. He He's in the back of a car handcuffed or whatever being kidnapped. He kicks that guy a bunch. Buck shots him in the face. The car swerves, comes to a stop. At least it didn't do a big crash thing. And then he crawled out miraculously. Yeah. But then he goes to Dr. Lee's house, Mm -hmm. which again has you questioning if this is an actual real character, because you do get a scene of him just in his house talking to his cat before Jason Isaac shows up, which was, I get why they wanted to do it because they wanted to show Jason Isaacs coming in mm-hmm. to the house. But it was also like, okay, if this character doesn't actually, actually exist, then he shouldn't be on camera when Jason Isaacs is. Yeah. Good point. I didn't even think about that. So yeah, I kind of, I was like, ah, what that scene. And the womb of Adorama, Laura in scene where it's like, are these characters real or are they not? The show needs to make up its mind. 
Anyways, but he goes in and he's like, uh, patch me up. And he then they go to the parking garage or the, the storage lockers and he manages to pry off a lock and open a storage locker and then shove Dr. Lee in there by the end and close it. And it's like, I don't think like, I don't think you could bend over with a shot to the gut. I, I don't think you yeah. can bend over and lift stuff up. Uh, so that for me was I mean, a bit But uh, that's also to... just typical Hollywood unrealisticness yes. cliched in every single thing time someone gets injured in a movie they still accomplish all those miraculous things that would never yeah. happen i guess the problem that i had is that i didn't think that was this type of series i didn't think it fit with mm. that it felt okay. like obviously i guess to say that he's got all these realities and that but that's not i mean there's plenty of people who have fantasies and there's people who are locked up in psych wards with different realities and Mm. This and that, so it's not that absurd, but to be shot and then to be doing all these things and not. And he looked like he was about to pass out in the bathroom mm -hmm. as he's getting past, patched up. And then he just, I can understand adrenaline, but that only lasts for so long. Yeah. Like, and especially when he's sitting there in the bathroom getting patched up. Now he's resting. Mm -hmm. All the chaos is over. He's resting. He's being patched up. He's having this very calm conversation with the therapist, with Dr. Lee. Yeah. At that point, I think any energy I had left would just be gone. I'd faint, probably. Yeah. He looks like he was about to faint. And then it was like, oh, okay, never mind. He's fine. He's going to go do all this superhuman stuff. He's like, okay, well. At least, again, the show needed to make up its mind a little bit about who this character was. And if you're going to make him look like he's about to faint, have him faint. It's not unrealistic. So uh, that was my uh, issue, glaring issue there. And it pointed out some other things. Um, your worst scene? My worst scene was when he... Here's when it really started. And I was just like, what is going on? I, how am I supposed to understand how we got here was when they open up his prison cell and the guard says, you have a visitor and takes him down this dark hall into a dark room. And it's the middle of the night. I'm like, nobody has a visitor in prison in the middle of the night. That doesn't happen. Visiting hours are over. Yeah. And then he sits down and he's face to face with his other self. I was yeah. just like, no, fuck off. This isn't, that's not where this went. I don't understand that. And I just yeah. was completely like checked out and, uh, and I wasn't invested anymore because I was like, I truly do not understand this. And <laughs> yeah, that was shortly before it ended. Yeah, it was. It was towards the end than it was towards the beginning of the last episode. Yeah, that was really like, Okay, just where the frock is this going? Where in the truck is this headed? I don't know. Yeah, like it started out, and there's still enough to say it was solid, but yeah, there's enough to also be like, okay, yeah, what the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I can't decide because I know 
I mean, well, I'll just wait for you to get there, actually. Sorry. I was going to jump ahead to your question. <laughs> Unintentionally hilarious, a.k.a. it's so funny I forgot to laugh. So my unintentionally hilarious thing was in the last episode when he's coming in and out of consciousness and his wife's calling to him and just they pan in like they do a headshot and his eyes are rolling in the back of his head and he just looks like Mr. Bean to me in that moment and it really took me out of the that was a good impression it took me out of the show for a second there though yeah yeah there were more than a few things but uh, that took me out of the show, but that is, uh, <laughs> I wish I picked up on that. I got to go back and just watch that. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, for me, it was the third therapist scene where it ends up like it's fucking the movie click, as I said. And yeah, yeah, she just freezes after he's like, what if I make my my both my dreams a reality or or make his make a dream within his dream to yeah. make a reality and then she's like why would you do that obviously not why would you do that but she explained why it was not in his best interest and then he already made up his own mind so at that point she froze and crocks open the front door and there is his house his kitchen and both his son and wife show up and it's like what the fuck yeah <laughs> what the fuck just happened why is there no yeah i think that was very much an mbc uh, thing where they're like we need a happy ending yeah, maybe especially if they knew they weren't going to renew it now that I think about it. Yeah, I, it really screwed the pooch. Yeah. It really screwed the pooch. It was agreed. ultimately very disappointing from what this started out as. The following is a paid program. We are, however, responsible for everything that will be said. Hi there, it's Heather from Watching Netflix Without You, the podcast. There are over 1,200 Netflix original feature films and documentaries, and that number is only growing. So I've made it my mission to watch as many as I possibly can. And with a delightful guest or guests in each episode, rate, review, and discuss each film. And that's about it. You can listen to Watching Netflix Without You on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And now back to to the show I would definitely watch the rest I pl I'm planning to yeah I'm planning to watch the second episode and see what happens from there but I'll always have the memory of the last episode and <laughs> that will make me certainly cautious about whether I will continue after the second episode it better be as damn good as the first one or yeah. I will not be continuing with Awake. I, mean, I will you know, be going to sleep. <laughs> good one. <laughs> Whoa, no, but, uh, I was going to say, I guess it, 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 yeah, it does depend. Like 
it could get better and better. And then finally you get to the last episode and you actually appreciate it based on everything in between. Or you could get three or four episodes in and just be like, no, this isn't for me anymore. It's hard to tell. Yeah, it's very hard to tell. If I feel like if the last episode answered or raised more questions than it answered, that it's probably better to avoid this because you'll likely just end up regretting that you wasted your time. But then again, I don't know because the first episode and the 10th or the final episode are tale of two halves. (laughs) And there were also really good parts in the last episode. Yeah. I mean, I was not bored watching the last episode. That's for sure. I wasn't bored. I was just uh, a bit upset about some of the turns it took. The type of show this would have been, uh, as you said, if it was on uh, prime uh, cable, not cable access, like a paid subscription, a specialty channel, yeah. like HBO or Stars or Showtime. I could see this being on Showtime. It has a bit of a Showtime series vibe. And I wish they would have picked this up for a second season and try to right its wrongs. But that didn't happen. So it did not. We're left sadly. With this. You know what? Flash answer no. Oh, hell no. I wouldn't uncancel it just because they wrapped it up and it got too bizarre. And I don't know how you come back from that. And I can also see this premise for the show being something that doesn't do well season after season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if if they had been able to just tell this story in a limited series and end it properly, that's probably more where my mind would go with this. Yeah, I can see that. I'm picturing that. Like a six episode or four episodes. Just really... You know, being done with it and put it on HBO or Showtime. Just bring it back six episodes and Mm -hmm. delete all the stuff that's meant for a general audience and just do it the way it's meant to be done. As I think the first episode was more of that. Obviously, with the pilot, you have more. It's already done, so... You probably have more creative freedom. And then as you get deeper into the series, more people get involved and more opinions get flown and more get shut down. And so that seems like what happened here. Yeah. And yeah, uh, no, leave it in the trash. Don't bring it back. (laughs) Leave it in the trash. Get that garbage out of here. Unless... It's going to get picked up by another, even Netflix. Even, yeah, Netflix, Hulu. Hulu should pick it up. Hulu, pick it up. NBC, stay the fuck away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awake, you're staying in the trash. Awake, go to sleep. There we go. There, I got a pun in the end. I got a pun in the end. Put a fork in it! It's done! One cancel, it's a crumb! Ain't no more gonna die!
Wait a minute. Throw some Ursinars in there. What's your hurry?